This episode of Locked On MLB is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And talking about getting started, let's get started talking Braves on this episode of Locked On MLB. Locked on MLB, your daily MLB podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. If you don't believe me, there's my lower third. You can call me Sully. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for more than a decade, and I'm beginning my fifth season here at the Lockdown Podcast Network, and I can really hardly believe that because I kind of feel like I just got started. Time no longer means anything these last few years, and let's face it, it is solely a construct, and one of which you can follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at Pods, or you can follow me. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Got to scratch my forehead, and I got to tell you to please subscribe to us on YouTube. We're trying to reach our goal of 1 billion followers. We're several hundred million followers short. Please, we're trying to pick it up for that. And uh, be sure to subscribe so you can get some of the video podcasts or follow us wherever you get your podcasts or tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On MLB. Or check out some of the other great shows on the Locked On Podcast Network. And let's let's pick one at random here. Why not Locked On Braves? With our returning friend of the podcast, Jake Mastriani. How you doing, man? Hey, Sully. Yeah, nobody brings the energy like you, Sully. I love the way you prepped the, the episode there. I'm ready to talk some Braves baseball now. We can bring it down a little bit. No, Just absolutely not. By the way, um, uh, pulling back the curtain, uh, your pal Sully has a uh, uh, another job. Uh, I do more than this. I'm a, I'm a uh, I teach special education at Pasadena High School here in California, and I have a ch- kid in my class who is very high, very high energy, and very hard to, you know, contain her energy in class. And one of my teaching assistants said, "Well, she's matching your energy." <laughs> So maybe you should be calmer. And I said, no, no, I would rather have her be the Tasmanian devil than me to calm down. You cannot bottle me, Jake. And by the way, I just want to point something out for you who are listening to the show and have been listening to it this whole offseason. Jake is the host of Lockdown Braves. How many years have you been doing Lockdown Braves now? Has it been been a, a year, two years? I've been a little over a year at Lockdown Braves, but I've been with Lockdown for a couple of years. Yeah. You yeah yeah you've been with us for a little bit, but I, I, that's what I mean specifically. Lockdown Braves. Um, so, if you've been following the podcast, and I know I have been, you will know that I have now. I with with this show, this will be the 29th out of 30 teams that I've done some form of a off season, preseason, you know, getting ready for pitchers and catchers to report. Report on a team. The only one left are the Angels. So please, please, if you're going to write to me, say you never talk about my team. That's factually incorrect. Unless 
We're talking about the Angels. So, Jake, host of Locked On Braves. Uh, let's just quickly talk a little bit about, you and I were talking before the show, that last season was a storybook season for the Braves until it turned into a Twilight Zone season for the Braves. They they were behind the Mets almost the entire year, caught the Mets, and somehow flopped against the Phillies of all team. Um but they they had it's look at the year that they have to do a patchwork outfield, uh they win the World Series. The year they look like they have one of those strongest and unstoppable teams in baseball, they lose in the division series in four. Um tell me your thoughts about the season which up until game two of the division series looked like it was going exactly according to script. Yeah, look, I mean, baseball is a, a can be a crapshoot, especially when we get to the postseason. You know that, but it's hard to take away from what the Braves did in 2022, coming off of a World Series championship, getting out to a slow start, catching the Mets, winning 101 games. I mean, it truly was, you look at the regular season, it, it was just incredible what the Atlanta Braves were able to do. And to come back in the second to last series of the year, had to sweep the Mets to win the division, and they get it done at home. Again, excuses are what they are. You kind of felt like after that, the Braves were just drained after what they had to go through the entire series to catch the Mets. Max Free is a little sick going into the playoffs. Uh, Spencer Strider had been banged up, hadn't pitched in over two weeks. Yeah, these are excuses, but bottom line, they did flop against the Phillies, and the Phillies were a hot team and rode that to the World Series, much like the Braves the year before who had 88 wins and then went into the postseason and just got – caught fire and they did win the world series unlike the Phillies but uh yeah they, they just ran into a team that was extremely hot and a Braves team that I think had kind of just gotten a little bit tired a little bit banged up in the starting pitching staff and but I think more so it was just credit to the Phillies they were they were just unreal in that series yeah well let's just talk about some of the positive things that happened last year other than the just the startling catching of the bets Freddie Freeman who was a lifelong homegrown hero of the uh, Braves. His last moment as a Brave was catching the final out. Uh, he was replaced by Matt Olson. And was Matt Olson an MVP the way that Freddie Freeman was in the truncated season? No, but he had a fine season. And, they made, and it's my favorite kind of replacing of a star in that he wasn't there to replace Freddie Freeman. He was there to make sure first base was not a hole. And he did, and certainly the power numbers were there. You know, his, his 802 OPS was not superstar level, but it was still solid. And the fact that they had Ronald Acuna for most of the season and they had, you know, the emergence of Michael Harris. I think the addition of Matt Olson to offset the loss of Freddie Freeman was certainly a positive of last year. It was. And look, a lot of people, myself included, said coming in that, 2023 will likely be the season we see Matt Olson settle in and become more of that superstar player. I mean, a big transition coming to your hometown team, you know, playing in Oakland all those years, coming to Atlanta, filling the shoes of Freddie Freeman, even though, you know, he said coming in, that's not what he's doing mm-hmm. to a lot of people that, you know, that's what he's doing. So, uh, you know, it's going to be a tough transition year for him and still had an 800 OPS, like you said, yeah. and was a very good player. And I think, got better as the season went along, although he tired out a little bit at the end there with some of the other Braves like Austin Riley. But 
yeah, I, I mean, what Matt Olson did, I mean, you couldn't have asked for a better replacement for Freddie Freeman. No, he's not that MVP level, but you look at the pieces around him. He didn't need to be that. He just needed to be a really good first baseman, and that's exactly what he was. And also the emergence of Kyle Wright as an ace. You have several pitchers, including the rookie sensation Spencer Strider. You had two players, either one of them. It was an absolute, in my opinion, absolute coin toss, whether it was Harris or Strider to be rookie of the year. And, but look, you know, moving forward, knowing that you have, you know, Freed is still in the prime of his career. Wright is still in the prime of his career. Strider is still in the prime of his career. That you're looking at that they have, is it Glavin, Maddox, Smoltz? No, but what is? It's yeah. still a, a trio of solid pitchers with postseason experience going into an insanely deep division. Because lest we forget, the Marlins have the freaking Cy Young Award winner and a deep pitching staff as well. I know some people think I'm anti-Marlin, but I'm not. Uh, really, the only team that's a a clunker in the division are the minor league team that wears Washington Nationals uniforms. But uh, I think the I think the solidification of the rotation. It's funny. The year before, it was the bullpen that was a superstar for the Braves. I think this year you saw the starting rotation shine. Yeah, I would agree with that. And then you talk about the emergence of Spencer Strider, who I believe is is an ace or going mm-hmm. to be a Cy Young level type. Max Fried's already there, finished second in the Cy Young this past year. And then Kyle Wright, I think really surprised a lot of people, came out of nowhere. And really for him, it started in that World Series appearance he had against the Astros the year before. He came yeah. in. You know, after Charlie Morton broke his leg in that series and had a big outing, actually came on in relief in that game and pitched four plus innings, really good baseball. And then he, you know, he had a really good second half at AAA that that year as well, and just kind of took that into 2022 and established himself as a, a solid major league starter, a two or three starter in a rotation. Certainly for the Braves, you know, you can put him in the middle there behind Freed and Strider. And then, oh by the way, you got Charlie Morton, who you know. Had a, a tough year a little bit last year, but the metrics all point to the fact that you know he should bounce back in 2023. So a really deep rotation. And then you look at the guys fighting for the fifth spot. It's Ian Anderson, who's been a really good pitcher. It's Mike Soroka, who before the two Achilles injuries was a really good pitcher. So it's, in my opinion, one of the deepest and best rotations the Atlanta Braves have had in a very long time. Maybe going back to those Smoltz-Glavin uh, Maddox days. And I'm going to bring up a former Braves farmhand when I talk about Kyle Wright, because you mentioned the fact that a series of injuries forced Kyle Wright into the spotlight for a World Series championship when he was very, very young. And that's exactly what happened with Adam Wainwright, who was a Braves farmhand who was in the uh, the J.D. Drew trade. I'm doing some of this from memory, so if I get some of the, the yep, facts right. wrong. But um, when um, Isringhausen, excuse me, when Isringhausen got injured in – could not pitch in the postseason for the 2006 St. Louis Cardinals. It was Wainwright who stepped in out of the bullpen to sort of become their relief face. He was the one who wound up getting the final outs in all three, the famously throwing the all third strike to Carlos Beltran and striking out, um, I think it was Brandon Inge, again, doing something from memory, but striking Brandon Inge out to clinch the World Series. And I firmly believe that experience being thrust into it, almost like, you know, pushing someone on stage. Uh, I firmly believe that 
lay down the groundwork for him to become a big pressure pitcher the way he is. And for Braves fans, who of course let Wainwright slip away, uh, the idea of Kyle Wright possibly having an Adam Wainwright type career is probably something you should really, really welcome. For sure. Look, I don't know that he'll have an Adam Wainwright career. Not many do uh, pitching as well as he is, you know, through the, the age that he has. But I do think he's going to be a solid, you know, at least middle of the rotation pitcher. He's somebody I've actually kind of cautioned that could take a step back this year. I mean, he was so great last year. You could almost right. just kind of expect it. But he's also a 55% ground ball pitcher. And I worry with the shift going away, um, perhaps that hurting him a little bit. But Really, with Kyle Wright, it's always just been the confidence. He has good stuff, and he came up and made spot starts with the Braves before then, but just never really trusted his stuff in the zone. And you re you really saw him do that again at the back half of the 2021 season at the minor league level and then in that World Series start and then just took that into this past season. Look, the guy won 21 games. That's not easy to do in today's game. I don't know that he'll ever do that again, but I do think he has at least solidified himself as a – you know, middle to top of the rotation starting pitcher at the big league level. Look at, uh, I, I think it's just a surefire bet that he is going to be a solid pitcher for a potential division winner. And if you're going to make any bets, here's what you do. You go to our new sponsor, which is FanDuel. I'm really excited for our new betting partner on lockdown because they're the number one sports book in America. FanDuel, if you're new to FanDuel, it's even better. They got so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download the FanDuel app now. You can bet on Super Bowl 57, which is this year's Super Bowl, in case you've lost count. And you can do the no sweat first bet. You get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. I assume it's not just win or lose. If my first bet is you know it's one or the other there so i guess there's different bets we could do here in fact i have a feeling they have all sorts of bets because they let you bet anything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown i bet they even have the coin toss for the chiefs and the eagles FanDuel sportsbook app is safe secure and super easy to use Best of all, you get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat-first bet. Easy for you to say on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. We are here with Jake Mastriani of Locked On Braves. Hey, um, the Braves have become, in some ways, a model organization in terms of, look, they've been very good and consistent, winning several division titles in a row, obviously. Uh, they've gone to the you know the NLCS, World Series, win it all, blah, 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 all that stuff. But they also seem really smart. Yes, they lost Freddie Freeman to free agency to Los Angeles. Yes, they lost Dansby Swanson to um, the the Cubs. I I just I think of where he went. Sometimes you know you know between Carlos Correa and everyone, sometimes you forget who signed where. But the Braves seem really smart in finding ways to keep a lot of their players in the fold. That they have they signed several of their players to at least long enough deals that they know that this core 
on the, for the most part, will be together for the next three or four years, and they're going to have at least three or four more chances to be a legitimate to to to, to win another title in this group. They have. Look, Alex Andalos has been, you know, tremendous as the Braves general manager, and I think could win, you know, GM of the year just about every year with what he's do doing. And you talked about in 2021 revamping that entire outfield after Ronald Cunha Jr. got injured and going on to win a World Series. But I think what impresses a lot of people in the game is how he has locked up this young core and the Braves coming out of a rebuild, winning five straight division titles. He has set it up, like you said, that they should be able to contend for the rest of this decade. Now, what happens after that, I don't know, but they have locked up this young core to be competitive every year and give them a chance to win multiple titles, already one under the belt. And it's because of the fact that he's been able to lock up these players really young. And you it all kind of started with Ron Acuna Jr. and Ozzie Albies. He locked them up at very young ages, which – Look, there's risk in that, and I know the Braves take a lot of heat from other fans because they say that you know they're getting these team-friendly deals, but there's risk involved in that. Look at Acuna, who's already torn his ACL. Who knows? You know, I still believe he's going to come back and be one of the best in the game. But you know, what if that doesn't happen? So there's a lot of risk involved there, but it's also a cost certainty uh, that Alex and Tablas right. talked about to be able to go out and make other moves if you need to, but. It's also part of it. They've used their young core. Their prospect system is one of the worst, or their, their farm system is one of the worst in baseball, but they also have their lineup pretty much locked up through the rest yeah. of this decade. So they don't need the farm system right now. Uh, it's just more of a, a depth and backup or trade pieces. So it's been incredible what he's done. The players he's traded for, Matt Olson, Sean Murphy, to get mm -hmm. them and then lock them up as well. Uh, it really is fun to know who's going to be part of this team. Know that they're all young. These are all players in their 20s, and yeah. they're going to grow into this together. So it really is a, a pretty smart strategy and model that uh, Alex and Thomas and Lennon Braves have right now. For the people who are criticizing the Braves, I can kick rocks. I'm yeah. sorry. The Braves are doing something smart. And one thing that they do is they're basically, as you said, they're betting on, and if you're going to make any bets, wait, we've already done that, Ad Reed. Yeah, uh, but they're betting on these players and not doing the thing where, you know, what I call Seattle marinering them, where they like, well, we're going to play, manipulate their service time. Can we squeeze one more year? No, they're saying we are going to pay you more earlier. That may cost you more, you know, may cost you money at the end. But you're making more now. And they also could take a look at someone like, I know he had a little bit of a rebound season, but someone like Adam Benintendi or someone like someone who looked like a superstar out of the gate and then fades out. And then some of these players think, hey, I should cash in now in case, you know, it's sort of you're picking the briefcase in deal or no deal. And sometimes you're like, do you know what? I know I'm getting $500,000. I know I want the million-dollar briefcase. But I also could walk away with a two-dollar briefcase. I mean, there's this could really. I mean, I, I I always think about Jabba Chamberlain with the Yankees, who they basically ruined his career, and he looked like a potential superstar pitcher out of the gate, and he was basically DFA'd after a few years. Some of these players know that just because you got off to a great flying start doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have a great long career. So for them, you know, it could work out that these are team-friendly deals for the Braves, or it could they could be holding the bag on someone, but that's a risk that's worth taking if you take a look at that with, you know, with the core. But also, 
it allows one of the reasons why I think some of these players sign some of these so-called team-friendly deals is they say, hey, look it. I could be in this organization winning every year with an organization that takes care of their players and, oh, by the way, be a multimillionaire <laughs> right now and know that year in and year out, they are going to be contending, if not for the division title, then certainly for a wild card position every year for the next four or five years, pending a catastrophic series of injuries or incompetency like what happened with the White Sox this year. So, yeah, it makes sense if you're a young, you're a dude in your 20s saying, I could be a multimillionaire right now, not down the way right now, and be involved in something great. It's like you get the best of all worlds. And you know, if someone doesn't like that, that's how the Braves do business. You know, maybe that's a smart way to do business. You yeah, know, it, def it definitely is. I mean, look at Michael Harris. He was 21. He came up, had three, four months of playing really good baseball at the major league level. And now he's locked up with the Braves for a, a decade. And, yeah. you know, he's a Georgia, he's, he's a Georgia native. So a little bit different for him, a guy who probably wants to play for his hometown team. So willing to, to make that move, but to your point was probably going to make 500,000 this year. Yeah. He's going to make 5 million right. this year. I mean, I mean, that's guaranteed money you're getting right away. And the Braves are betting on that and there is risk. And, they don't do it a lot on the pitcher side. They did it with Spencer Strider, but a lot of that was buying out his RB years and then a couple of free agent years. There's much more risk involved on the pitcher side of things, but so you don't see them do it as much there. But I think it's a smart strategy. I think we're going to see more teams start trying to do that. But you're right. It's the fact that it's the atmosphere the Braves have built that plays a lot into it, knowing there's a young core already there. They're set up to win now. And again, you're 20, mid-20s mid going into your prime. You want to be a part of that. And I think that certainly plays a big role in getting some of these extensions done. And you look at, I'm not going to pretend that I'm a big leaguer in a clubhouse and everything like that. But you've got to think that if you have a bunch of these players where you've bought out their arbitration years, you've got to, from everything I understand about arbitration, it's unpleasant. It's creating, by its very nature, an adversarial relationship between management and the players. So if you have some of your big stars and you remove those years, you remove that adversarial position, you have, hey, we, are, we have you locked in for the long term and you don't have to go through all that, you know, uh, throwing tomatoes at each other as what happens during arbitration. you got to think that makes the relationship between the front office and the players much better. And therefore, you're in a you're in a world where that's not there. There isn't that underlying uh, uh, feeling of tension or mistrust or thinking, "What is this team trying to do?" I mean, you, I mean, look at someone like you know Reynolds with the Pirates, who they want to extend, but he's like, what, "Here, you guys, <laughs> you guys trade everyone away." There's, there's, if you know, they they stretch it, they stretch out the arbitration years, and how, how can we, you know, how can we nickel and dime this or that? I got to think playing for an organization where that's not part of, you know, the, the dark cloud that's hanging over the team has to make it be uh, a place that people want to stay. For sure. I mean, it's a trust. It's like this team believes in me. They believe in me mm -hmm. this much to give me guaranteed money up front at such a young age. Again, I think that plays a part of it and uh, into that atmosphere and wanting to be, you know, a part of that organization. Another thing I don't think a lot of fans realize is that for many of these players, Acuna, Ozzy, 
Harris, Strider. These are their first deals. This is mostly buying out their ARB years. A lot of these players are going to get a second deal. Right. They're going yeah. to get another deal when they get into their late 20s, early 30s. They're going to get another shot at one of those mega deals if they continue to perform. So, yeah, I, I agree with you, the people that are upset about the Braves making these moves. I think they're all just jealous, and I think this would be a smart business strategy for any team out there, and they'd be happy if their team were doing it. We're here with Jake Mastriani of Locked On Braves. You know, it's interesting that uh, in the 2010s, the team that won the most National League East titles were the Nationals. And they had a lot of some players who were homegrown. They made a lot of right moves. They were always contending, but they didn't win the title until the very end. And it created this sense of urgency every year they're in the postseason that, oh, God, are we going to finally get past it? You know, especially because the first time they got in 2012, they were one strike away from winning the you know the series against St. Louis. They fell apart. They wet the bed, 18-inning loss to San Francisco, you know, another five-game loss in in – uh, in 16 and 17, so by the time in 18, or I'm sorry, 19, there was such a sense of, we better win it now or this decade was for nothing. The Braves, <laughs> to their amazing credit, did it the opposite way. It's like, they're, we got that championship out of the way. So anything, any title or pennants or anything are building upon a team that's already got to the top of the mountain. And so... What you don't want, I guess, what the what this Bravesy does want to become is what happened to the Angels in two thousand in the two thousands, where they were always in the playoffs. They won it the first time, but every other time they got they got bumped. Uh, for this Braves team, that they have the rest of the decade to take a look and say we're going to try to win it one more time to you know to win more than Bobby Cox, Glavin, Smoltz, Maddox years. Um, I think takes a little bit of almost pressure off this team. That we're not talking about like, are they ever going to win it all? Or is this going to, is this the team that's going to vie for like team of the decade uh, aura about them? I think, I think you're right on. And that's how I feel, not just as a Braves host, but as a Braves fan, is that there's an opportunity here for a, a 10 year quote unquote dynasty. And if they win another title, it's kind of just like the icing on the cake. And I, and I do think they have to win another one to be kind of that mm-hmm. part of that yeah. team of the decade discussion, maybe along with the Astros and others who could be in that as well. But you go back, as you said, the Bobby Cox years, you go to the the nineties and early two thousands and yeah, the Braves won 14 straight division titles, but the knock that any outside fan always says immediately is, well, yeah, you only won one title. And I think that's going to be, you know, I don't think it'll be pressure, but I think that's going to be a big part of this decade or so run that they're going to have is can you get that second title? What was missing from that dynasty that they had in the 90s, 2000s? But you're right. They got one out of the way early, and I still think there's going to be another five to six year window here again, really through the rest of this decade we're in to win another title. And I think if they do that. Then that really kind of legitimizes them for, you know, team of the decade for this run that they have for this core that they've built and that they have. And that's, and I'll tell you one of the things that's really, really cool about this. Uh, and I'm sure people are going to accuse me of Atlanta bias because it happens all the time, but um, by locking up Acuna, Harris, Alves, all these people that they've locked up over the last couple of years is that 
you're also saying to Braves fans, and the Braves are a regional team, remember, kind of like the Red Sox are all of New England, kind of like the Mariners are all the Pacific Northwest. The Braves are the South. And all those people who grew up on TBS when the Braves were the only team on TV, that they can, you can say to that fan base, get to know these guys. You can attach some emotion to this group. You can attach some sense of, uh, if nothing else, uh, an emotional attachment. And I'll tell you exactly where I saw that. In the 2010s, I saw close hand, right up close, was in San Francisco. When the Giants won multiple titles and a lot of the same names were there, whether it was Lincecum or Bumgarner or Posey or Pence or Belt. I know not all these players were in every one of the years, but, you know, enough of them crossed over to the point where Javier Lopez has more World Series rings than uh, the, the reliever Javier Lopez has more World Series yeah, rings. I say, be careful you than, got about uh, Javier Lopez over here. Than uh, Willie Mays and uh, Cal Ripken and Hank Aaron combined, um, that there was there was such an emotional connection to those players, even some of the players who were not necessarily starters. They got the you know, whether it was the you know the the you know the the Andres Torreses of the world or the Hunter Pences of the world or the you know the Marco Scudero's of the world became people that everyone seemed to embrace and love. There's the possibility of that with this Atlanta Braves team, that it's not just a team that can win multiple times, but one where the fans get to know them and get to really be attached to them. And in this day and age, what we saw with the Giants in in the 2010s is probably the closest thing we're going to get to a dynasty these days. And of course, every Dodger fan I know is grinding their teeth right now, but that's you got to win more of the big one in order to be, uh, you know, it can't just be in a shortened season. So um, it's, there's something really special could be brewing in Atlanta right now. It could be. And look, this isn't the sole purpose behind doing these extensions, but you got to think it helps sales because you know, if you go in and buy a Michael Harris Jersey, you're going to be able to proudly wear it as a Braves fan for, you know, 10 years. I mean, uh, there's something to that, that familiarity of, getting to know these players and that's part of being a fan. And it's part of that 162 game journey that you get to know these guys and you, you root for them and you, you care about them professionally and personally, it's, you know, part of the great, great, one of the great things about being a fan. So I, I think you're, you're spot on. I think there's something to that. And if they can build on that, and as we talked about, get another world series title, I think that kind of, again, cements them and this group is being, you know, part of that that dynasty because I think it is hard, especially with the expanded postseason. Now it's going to become even harder to win a World Series. It's going to become even harder to win multiples. But this team is certainly set up to do that, and with again a core group that you know is going to be here for a while and give you a chance to to have that just about every season. Look, I would this is a little bit of bias. I'd be shocked if the Braves don't make the postseason. You know, for like the next four or five years. I mean, with the team oh, yeah. that they have, especially with all the wild card spots. So. It gives you an opportunity, and that's all you can ask for as a fan these days, an opportunity to get to the postseason and see what happens. Well, look at We're going to give you an opportunity to keep doing what you're doing as the host of Locked On Braves. And by the way, I want to thank all of you for making Locked On MLB your first listen. For your second listen, well, you know, of course, it has to be uh, Locked On Braves because what are we talking about here? Mm-hmm. But after that, 
Check out Locked On MLB Prospects, host Lindsey Crosby. He's a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Speaking about where you get your podcasts, where can people follow you, Jake Mastriani? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Also, make sure uh, you follow our podcast on Twitter at lockdown underscore Braves. Go subscribe to Lockdown Braves as well. We're also trying to get to one billion subscribers over there. So appreciate all the help you can give us. Yep, I did. <laughs> be, you know, I'm, I, it would really be great, folks, if by the end of February I yeah, have just a, get billion, it done. a billion subscribers. And for you billion subscribers, I'm going to put a little tip jar. Just throw in a buck a month, just one buck yeah. a month. You know no what? Problem. You know, and do you know what, Jake? I'll I'll pass some of that on to you. On I'd to you. appreciate that. Yeah. Maybe I'll give you one month's worth. How about that? One month's worth. <laughs> I will take it. You'll take that. Yeah, but I actually had someone say they had the the um I think it was the five hundred or six hundred million draw here in California for the mega millions. I forget which one. It was like a ridiculous amount. And I got my ticket for it and someone said, Well, you know, after taxes, it's only we could be about two hundred million. Oh really? Said, That's it. Of which I said I take it. Yeah. And, and, and you know, I, I want to say, let me see your available balance. Is it nine figures? Then I think you would take it too. Okay. Yeah. And just keep that in mind, people, for the tip jar. But hey, I'll follow until I become a billionaire. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Sully Baseball, Sully Baseball Podcast, and Instagram, or follow the show at Locked On MLB Pods, both Twitter and on Instagram. Subscribe to us on YouTube. And um, I'm putting together. The in memoriam video, which is going to premiere the day before opening day. So we're going to honor the likes of Vin Scully and Gaylord Perry and Bruce Souter and uh, you know, Denny Doyle. There's a couple other ones. Chucky Carr is going to be in there. There's a lot of uh, uh, you know quality <laughs> quality people that we're going to say goodbye to in yet another my latest edition. I think this might be my tenth edition of the the in memoriam video. We'll have to I'll have to go back and see, but. Talking Braves. Angels, I'm looking at you. You're the only one left for this offseason with Jake Mastriani of Locked On Braves. This has been Locked On MLB. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. For God's sakes, call me Sully. <laughs>